Can spending a significant time with a coworker ignite romantic feelings? That was a question I was asked by a, uh, a client of mine. And I thought I would spend a little bit of time talking about why that happens so often. Cause yes, it can indeed spark a romance. Not always, but I wanted to go into what causes people to have romantic relationships when they're already in a relationship or a marriage. Why does it happen so often at work? How to avoid it? How to kind of talk about it with your partner if you're suspicious or even if you're not suspicious, if they're starting a new job. There's lots of stuff to unpack here. You're listening to the Relationship Revival Podcast with John DeBach, also known as Mr. Spirituality. That's me. I'm your host giving you insight and guidance from over 10 years in the field of this amazing journey we call romance. On this show, I go over everything you need to know about how to get into a relationship, how to get the most out of a relationship, and sometimes even how to gracefully end a relationship without pulling your hair out and going crazy. And occasionally, I'm even joined by new and old friends who are also relationship experts to bring you guidance and wisdom with new perspectives. Thanks for stopping by. The first thing I want to talk about, and this is when, whenever the idea or the concept or questions of affairs or extramarital relationships come up, I try to kind of steer the conversation back to the fact that people do not cheat typically when there's good friendship in the relationships uh, or relationship, excuse me, but relationships kind of thrive on the friendship aspect. The sex is kind of just a bonus. I remember I had, I had a, uh, a, a rabbi that I went to before I got married and he described sex as the oil that keeps the squeaky wheel quiet. So with, in term, in, with regards to men, he's like, look, sex can kind of shut a upset man up, but you can't, you know, rely on that to fix everything. And, Sex is just an expression of that intimacy that you get in friendship. Now, obviously, there has to be physical attraction, which is, you know, why um, it's dangerous that men and women are friends when both of them have some attraction to each other in a heterosexual relationship, of course. But when you're at work and you're with someone on a regular basis, you're just basically pr providing an opportunity to grow a friendship. And that's usually where the romantic aspect of the relationship starts to poke its head around, starts to say, hey, maybe there's something more here. And if you are not close with your partner, your romantic partner or your wife or whatever, then the, and the friendship happens to be kind of non-existent. Maybe you have a lot of kids and you just, everything is transactional and feels like running a non-profit with your spouse. Then that friend that you have at work is going to start looking a lot more attractive because there's friendship there. Now, obviously, if you're in a place at work where you have a boss and the relationship is very cut and dry and cold, it's rare that that would ever turn into an actual romance or anything like that. Um, because really, again, it goes back to, do you feel comfortable with the person? There is a time in your life when you're in your, you know, usually early 20s, sometimes late teens, sometimes into your 30s, or oftentimes after someone is divorced or separated, where sex becomes almost like a conquest, but it's not a healthy uh, time in your life. If if I could say that kind of bluntly, in my opinion, I think looking at sex as conquest is is really just damaging not only to the to your sexual part, but but to yourself. Um, so, but 
that's not exactly the healthiest way to kind of go about it. But most of the time, sex is really about um, invigorating that closeness you feel and that safeness you feel in a physical way. That's the manifestation of an emotional relationship being secure, safe, and then kind of addressing those physical desires. Now, a question you should ask yourself is what are you talking or what do you think your partner's talking to this coworker about on a regular basis? Again, if you're in a high pressure environment, if you're on an assembly line where you got to start picking, picking things off the line, like in a, a big warehouse to pack it and ship it, and there's not a lot of conversation, it's rare that you'll actually develop enough feelings to go and have an affair with someone. It, it might uh, turn into a sexual fantasy, but I'm actually less concerned as a relationship coach about sexual fantasies as I am friendships outside of a relationship because sexual fantasies, I think, are kind of appropriate. As people, you're allowed to fantasize. You're allowed to kind of let your mind wander and, and engage your imagination. And if you have a libido, then you're going to have sexual fantasies about people you find physically attractive or sometimes just because they're there and that's where your mind wanders to. It's almost like your brain has these different compartments that it has to hit every so often to make sure it's alive. And then it hits onto the sexual desire part and like, okay, well, what's around that person? Okay, yeah. I mean, I remember in, in, if you can think back to when you were in high school, it wasn't about finding the most gorgeous man or woman in the world. It was who's the most, who's the best looking person here? What's available to me? And that's really what it is. It's how much opportunity is around. <laughs> that's where your sexual fantasies tend to go. So if you, if you're in, a place where you're just having sexual fantasies, but there's no real friendship. I wouldn't get too concerned about it unless your own sex life with your partner is diminishing and they're emotionally withdrawing because that's signs of a bigger problem at work. If the sexual fantasies are just fantasies, that's okay. I mean, pornography as an industry is all about sexual fantasies. And I know you can get addicted to porn and that can be a, a big kind of, you know, monkey wrench in your relationship. But Visual stimulation from time to time is healthy. It's healthy for couples to do it even with each other and buy some lingerie or do something that turns each other on. I mean, that's that's a healthy sexual relationship to engage the physical, the visual and all that stuff. If you're at work and you're worried about developing a friendship that then will maybe evolve to having sexual fantasies and even an affair and you are really asking how do you make sure that doesn't happen to you because you might be a little weak in that section of your life, that area of your life, uh, the first question to ask is what do you guys actually talk about? So if you are, if you have a coworker and you, you spend a tremendous amount of time, often more time with them than you would with your actual romantic partner, what do you guys actually talk about? Are you bringing up your marriage? Are you bringing up their relationships? Are you talking about your emotional states in a vulnerable way? That's a little dangerous. When someone feels close enough to, to have these emotional relationships and there's a mutual desire to have that emotional closeness, then really the only thing stepping in the way of that becoming a physical relationship, from my experience, is somebody setting a boundary and that's a lot of pressure. So if you have 
a conversation with someone at work where you feel like this is getting kind of intimate and emotional, you might want to withdraw, especially if it's a potential partner. If you're heterosexual and it's someone of the opposite sex, then yeah, you might want to start withdrawing. There's certain things that are kind of not appropriate to share. Uh, the old kind of saying that men and women can't be friends uh, because one of them always wants sex is kind of true. You know, when you develop that emotional closeness, unless they're completely not your physical type, and there's a repulsion there of some sort. They're just, they have something about their character that makes you not want to have sex with them. There's always a danger. Um, and, and having these relationships at work or even socially anywhere else. I mean, I get a little bit suspicious when I hear about people telling me their partners have a close friend that, that, you know, is of the opposite sex and, and it's a heterosexual relationship. And, and I ask, well, how long have they known them? That's usually my first question. Cause if it's someone they've known since high school and it's just a relationship that they're never going to let go of, I can kind of understand that. If it's someone they met after they've already started the romantic relationship, it's a little confusing to me what they're getting out of that relationship that they can't get with their, you know, current partner. And what's going to separate those two? And it, it gets a little bit tricky. I get a little suspicious. And then that's when, as a coach, I start asking more questions to try and figure out what's really going on in the relationship. Now, if you're, if you're in a work situation where you just don't talk about emotional stuff, it's all about work. Or if it's not all about work, but it's just all about your kids, let's say. I've been in situations where I've been, you know, around other work colleagues and we talk a lot about our children about parenting. But we don't, you know, I, I make it a point not to transition too much about any kind of complaints about my wife or about my marriage or anything like that. I, in fact, will often talk about how great my wife is kind of just as a reminder to myself, like, hey, let's set some boundaries here for my, for my own well-being. It's not like I'm saying, oh, by the way, I have a great wife in the middle of a random story. You don't want to do that. That's awkward. But, you know, it's, there's, there's certain lines you don't want to cross. So if you're just talking about parental stuff, that's fine. But again, the more vulnerable you come emotionally, uh, the more not only are you going to be attracted to the person you're talking to, the more the person listening to you is going to get attracted. And the proof of this is that, therapists often have emotional feelings at some point in their career for their own clients. I was a little shocked when I first heard this, but I was going through different tests that therapists have to take. My wife's a therapist, many friends who are therapists, and I thought about becoming a therapist myself. And, it, and the, one of the questions was, what percentage of people will have you know, romantic feelings for a patient at some point in the career. And the percentage was kind of crazy. I think it was in the 70s or 80 percentile because that vulnerability creates that affection in you. And that will trigger something in your brain to say, oh, affection, is this a sexual partner? Hello, let's start looking at them in this light. And you you have to really be very strong to cut it off. I think the fact that a lot of therapy uh, and my own, you know, personal work coaching has gone virtual. I know many therapists are completely virtual. I think that's actually been a really healthy sense of distancing. And I think in most careers where you can be virtual, it's, it's healthier to do so because it creates these boundaries where you won't run into that issue, uh, of kind of a, a an affair. I mean, it's just a huge, huge benefit. Now, obviously, you can't do everything that way. But if you have the option to do things virtually, you should kind of consider them for the sake of your own relationship. Also, 
you just get a lot more done. I mean, if you haven't jumped onto the virtual train yet, you're going to want to try try it for a little bit because it's incredibly productive. You can have a meeting with someone in Florida and then Canada and then Asia all back to back in, you know, a three hour span. And it's incredibly productive. Video calls, especially because you get about 90%, at least I'm just pulling the number out of the air, but that's what I feel. You, I feel like you get about 90% of meeting someone in person. The only thing that is a bit of a uh, uh, a drawback with meeting someone virtually is that oftentimes it is shorter. So you don't get that hangout time where they're getting a drink at Starbucks and walking around. Let me tell you, see the office. You don't get to see every physical mannerism. But again, 90% of it is there because you see the nonverbal communications. You're able to bond. Um, and yet you can't reach through the screen. So you can't give someone one of those inappropriate hugs timed at just the wrong time that might lead to something else. So it's, it's, uh, it's something you should explore if you, if you can in your own profession. And if your partner can start working virtually and you might, you know, not want them to because you're like, eh, but it's my space at home or whatever. Try to, try to find a way to make it work. Try to clear out a corner of a room. I mean, I'm, I'm shooting in an office that I use for many things, but I, but I make this section my recording station. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's great. It's like, I know if I'm going to have a call, this is where I go. And the last thing I'll say is that proximity is a key factor in developing any kind of relationship. So if you're at work with someone all the time, just being around them, just that proximity presents the opportunity that usually isn't there. And it's really interesting if you look at the data that's been collected, if you look at the studies, women have been having affairs much more aggressively over the last generation or two than they used to. And that's not because women's sexual desires have changed. And it's not because the gender norms have shifted. It's because women are in the workforce and the opportunity is simply there where it used to not be. If you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home dad and you don't have exposure to other people and there's simply no opportunities to develop those intimate relationships, they'll never happen unless you actively go out and look for them. And that's not what people are typically worried about with a work relationship. It's like, well, if it accidentally happens because somebody's not really watching, they're not, their, their hands aren't on the wheel and they're not steering their romantic direction back home towards their partner. So it's a very different type of an affair when someone's a stay-at-home mom or dad or they actively go onto a dating app and are looking for a partner versus when they just develop a relationship with someone they're kind of forced to be with a lot because of, you know, the the need to earn a living. And then those feelings just kind of emerge. Um, so proximity is a huge one. It's huge, huge. And why so many people, again, going back to the high school relationship, just start pairing off, you know? I mean, if, if you were one of those people who didn't have a, a, a date or a, a prom date at a certain point, you're like, what's wrong with me? Because the idea, the reason people think that there's something wrong with them is people are compatible with other people. And if, if in this vast sea of a couple hundred students, I can't find a partner, what's wrong with me? Because people want to connect. So, that's the that's the kind of you know struggle with being around a lot of people a lot of you know for for extended amount of time because it's just those feelings are going to come up 
If you're struggling in your relationship or you feel like you need a little bit of handholding to understand how to go from having a bad or even a so-so relationship to the one of your dreams, then I would love to speak with you. Head over to my website, mrspirituality.com. That's mrspirituality.com. And you'll find a big button there or a phone number. Just click or call and let's set up a free 20-minute consultation with you where you could speak to me or someone from our team one-on-one just you and us for 20 minutes where we can kind of guide you and show you how we can transform you into a relationship expert yourself. Again, it's a completely free consultation. Just head over to mrspirituality.com. Again, that's mrspirituality.com and click or call and we'll set something up for you right away.